Hi, this is Colleen Klinkenbeard, and you're listening to Bite. Hey there, everybody. We are live from the potions room down in the basement because that obviously has the best acoustics for a podcast recording. We are the Coven, Bite's very own feminism and nerdiness podcast. And if you couldn't guess already, we're going to talk about Harry Potter today. We are all really (laughs) excited to talk about Harry Potter today because, I mean, it's something that we have loved for a long time, I think, Mm. collectively, just as... You know, a species that everyone loves Harry Potter Mm -hmm. in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't, you do. You secretly (laughs) do. We know your secret. Absolutely. We know that you have sorted yourself at one point Mm -hmm. or another on those online quizzes. But um, so I am your host, the witch of the light wavelengths, Daily Wilhelm. Joining me today is the magical Courtney Tuckman, the Haribo Slayer. And the enchanting Riley Gray. I don't have a title. You don't have a title. I don't have a title. I kind of like Ginger Goddess. That's generally what I go for. Okay, yeah. We um, can go with Ginger Goddess. I was going to go with Dragon Slayer, but since we have Haribo Slayer, we can't. Oh, well, that's do. okay. Yeah, Slayer. we can. I, I can I'll ride anim- on top of your head. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the bow, you, you be the rest uh, of it. One of my favorite bands is uh, Ninja Sex Party. Oh, and I they love have a them. song called Dragon Slayer. Mm-hmm. And the woman I marry, that's the song I'm going to sing when I propose. Beautiful. <laughs> no, yeah, you're the Dragon Slayer. I could be Dragon Slayer. Yes, Khaleesi, I love it. first of her name. Okay, so Queen. first of all, so that will take half the podcast just introducing <laughs> you then with all her titles and then adding Dragon Slayer onto that. She had an, an argument with Drogon, about, uh, but which title Riley should have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our new our new uh, contest, which is the best longest <laughs> title that we can just take yes, up time during absolutely. this podcast with. But uh, so it's super fitting that we are called the Coven and we're talking about Harry Potter. I don't know why we haven't before. I mean, we've touched on certain subjects before, like the infamous uh, disappearance of the original Lavender Brown in the movies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then just, okay, we're going to get to it. Hermione. We love Hermione. Hermione is bae. Actual bae. Like last week, I had a lot of stuff due and I was just like, you know who would get through this? You know who would do this really well? Hermione. Who would do it well and enthusiastically. Yeah, that's And the enjoy thing, every too. minute of it. It's not that she like gets stuff done. She mm-hmm. gets it done with flair mm-hmm. and with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just think we should mm-hmm. all strive to be a little bit of Hermione in our lives. Yeah. And her, her actor, Miss Emma Watson, had a birthday earlier this month. Yay, and just, Kevin claps for birthdays. Uh, I just love when actors and their characters start to blend together in real life. Right. And you can't tell the difference. <laughs> right. I mean, Emma Watson has started. Uh, she graduated from Brown, which is incredible. Incredible. Like, she was literally just being Hermione. Mm-hmm. Like, she got out of filming and was like, up oh, here, I, I'm just continuing on from here. <laughs> there real. is no change. For but real. Um, I mean, as much as, like, people worry about uh, actors being defined by, like, those roles that they had for so long and, like, they're never going to be anything more than, like, Hermione, she really proved herself mm-hmm. on oh, screen. Yeah. She does a lot of, like, smaller indie films. Parts or, of Being a Wallflower. Yeah. yeah. She was Love great. her in that. She's in this other movie. With, I don't, can't remember what it's called. Sorry, I suck. But she was fantastic in yeah. that. There's like, uh, Bling Ring. Yeah. Where oh, she right, was right, a right. wholly different person than what we are used to and seeing was, Emma yeah. Watson as. 
was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. I mean, I'm just really enjoying like the gifts that we mm-hmm. get out of that. I feel like I Emma put, Watson is that older sister yeah. that we all strive to be like. She's kind of like our generation's Natalie Portman. When Natalie yeah. Portman was big, like she kind of took a break from acting to go and really pursue her education as well. Oh uh, yeah, she brilliant. pursued the hell out of that for real, right? And then she continued to go on and do all these different roles. Yeah, so she's like I think our particular generation's equivalent. Yeah. to that, which is awesome. I mean, I'm all about women going hard. The ultimate Getting really role model. Like usually you don't have that. Like it's either they're like really talented or they're mm. like really smart. Nah, she's got both. Yeah. She's got it down on lock. Right. She's got this. And I'm loving to see I like seeing more and more of that. Like, um, I don't watch Big Bang Theory for obvious reasons, but <laughs> there is I can't even remember the character's name. She's the brunette who is like Sheldon's counterpart. Penny? No, no, no Penny's the blonde, blonde girl. No, I don't oh. remember what her name is. Penny, I don't know dear her listeners, name. can you guess so that we don't watch but this? But anyway, she plays, she plays this like super smart character, but in reality, she has a degree in like neurophys is like a neurophysicist. Yeah, and like is actually brilliant. And yeah. I'm just like, can we get more of this, please? Like, yeah, give me brilliant women who are also fantastic actors. How crazy like, is that? Right? That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but Emma Watson, <sighs> Emma Watson was uh, she kind of just represented like our gender as a whole in front of the UN Jeez. on Women's Day yeah. and now she has that wonderful quote that is hanging up in my room. Me too. And it's like if you believe in equality, mm-hmm. you're a feminist. I'm sorry to tell you, you're a feminist. That's it. That's it. That's it. I just love that it's like that's it. Right. Like, she represented she, I mean she's the UN's women's goodwill ambassador. Right. Like so let's count all of what she's got right now. Brilliant <laughs> actress that we literally grew up with. Like, yeah. She grew with us all through the years, right? She's brilliant with a degree from Brown, which is huge. Right. And she's also an ambassador to the UN <laughs> representing women all over the world. Like, what? How? <laughs> what? She's Hermione in real life. She really yeah, is. And I she just is. am in awe. What happens when you play a character for that long? I guess so. <laughs> it's like that uh, there was an article that was released uh, around the time the third uh, movie came out. Mm-hmm. And the director was like, okay, so I-, I need to get to know you guys because, you know, I'm the new director taking over from Christopher Columbus. It was uh, Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, I love him. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like gravity, that kind of thing. Children yeah. of men. Um, but uh, And he was like, okay, so I want you to write an essay about your character. And in a very Hermione fashion, she got, like, a 10-page paper done and handed <laughs> in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel kind of, like, yeah, well, like it was a page. And, whatever. And, and then, then Rupert just didn't do Rupert, it. Rupert didn't do it. <laughs> He's the one. It's like, they are their the characters sometimes. <laughs> and I, I just love it. And, love you know, Rupert it's not so a bad character to be, like, mm-hmm. I, none of those characters are bad characters to be yeah. associated right. with forever. Like, right? yeah, I would totally, like, mm-hmm. just revel in that. Like, yes, yes, introduce me <laughs> as Hermione Granger. I feel Granger. like even as, as a director, like, you would just, I feel like you could not be more excited. You'd be right. like, yes, they get it. Like, they get their characters. Right. These kids that are, like, 15, 16 understand their characters. Like, and usually that's the thing, awesome. too. People are like, I don't want to work with kids. And it's like, no, no, you want to work with these kids. You want to work with these kids. But uh, mm-hmm. Emma Watson. Emma Watson started a book club uh, I don't know if it was last end of last year or beginning of this year, mm-hmm. but it's it's just purely a feminist book club where they read <sighs> like stuff about Ruth Bader Gin- Ruth Bader Notorious that. RBG. Yeah, I can't say her name, but yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, and like <laughs> and Gloria Steinem, and it's just <sighs> Gloria, just Emma Watson. Emma Watson. I just like feel myself falling in love with her. Like right? anytime she does anything, I'm like, right, Aww. Emma. <laughs> 
I mean, if there was any, mm. like, what would Blank do, it would be what would Hermione do for me. For real. Because she, real. there was never, and, like, Hermione, too, like, uh, I know we didn't talk about this in the pre-meeting, but uh, mm. Hermione, too, represents kind of a, uh, our first introduction to social justice a little bit, like, with Spew for the Which house elves. Yeah. makes me so angry was not in the movies, because that, yeah. to me, was, like, one of the most... Not only significant things for Hermione, but also a very significant step in her and Ron's relationship. Right. Because I, I have a really big problem with their relationship in the movies. I feel like it is mm-hmm. improperly represented. Yeah. It is not accurate. Book Ron. Like, I'm in love with Book Ron. I'm very Book upset. Ron. Book, Book Ron. Ron was everything, okay? <laughs> he, like, didn't get it at first, but then, like, came and stood with her and supported her and, like, helped her to her cause. Yeah. And, like, that was a really big that, deal to me. And it wasn't in the movies. Right. I was really upset. That's what led up to their ultimate kiss. Yes. Was that he was like, oh, no, we got to go get the house elves during the Battle the of Hogwarts. And Hermione was just overcome with, like, yes, you believe you in this thing. You get it now, right? So, anyone. Really big deal. Yeah. So, to. <laughs> Anyone who has purely watched the movies, you are A, missing out, and B, okay, so SPEW is, I don't remember the acronym. It was the Society for the Prevention of... Elvish. Elvish Welfare. Wait, it was the Society for the Promotion of of Elvish Welfare. Welfare. So house elves, as we know, by like Winky, Winky. by uh, Dobby and Winky, who Mm. was not featured in the movies, uh, they pretty much live to serve witches and wizards. And when Hermione found out about this, she was like, no, they can't possibly Mm. like actually want to live to do that. Like we we need to like liberate them. They need to be able to have choices, Mm -hmm. which is like a very progressive thing. Mm -hmm. And everyone was kind of just like shh shh because that's the way it had always been. And they were like, even the house elves themselves were like, we don't know anything else. Why do you think we deserve better or different? Like this is just how it's always been. And it right. (sighs) And she just. (sighs) But Hermione was coming in as a (laughs) Muggleborn who had not like grown up with this and like recognized this as. This this seems like eerily familiar to things in human history that mm. we sh- probably shouldn't be replicating on any scale ever. Pretty much, you know, slavery. I mean, Hermione <laughs> comes in first of all as a Muggle-born, so she's facing discrimination on to, from level. the beginning. Yeah, right. So coming in, not understanding how the Wizarding world works, is selfless enough to try and stand up for people herself but also other people and is she's just she's everything that i want to be like right. you know like right how can you look at her i mean and she's flawed which i also really like you yeah know, she had a tendency to be a know-it-all she had a tendency to be in other people's business and to be clingy and overbearing and i liked that because right. she made her so much more human and i just i she she's not my favorite character in the books but she i mean she's like second like she yeah. is brilliant fantastic character again we all aspire to be a little bit of Hermione Mm -hmm. Hermione for me too was like my first introduction to like you can run with the boys oh you can have friends that are like male and Mm -hmm. I was like what what when I like (laughs) I remember getting like the first movie on DVD and I was like why didn't you get it for me on VHS but uh, (laughs) but that that dates it a bit two disc special because it came with games on the second disc and you could explore Hogwarts Oh my god! I never got past that. I couldn't figure out really? how to get into Diagon Alley oh. with like the code. They were like, "Just pay attention to the movie." And I was like, "I did." I, I won't swear. Spoil it. I won't <laughs> my spoil little it child. For you. <laughs> I mean, it's been forever. It's been <laughs> since I was eleven. So exactly. Uh, but exactly. See, geez. I had kind of the 
a similar experience. Um, growing up, I was one of like one of the boys. Like that was kind of my thing. Yeah. I didn't really have girlfriends until I was in like fourth or fifth grade. So growing up, it, I was just always with the guys. It was kind of my thing. And then this right. movie, I read these books and. Then I see this movie and I was like, hey, look, that's like me. Like, I I do that, too. Like, right. it, it, was, it was cool to kind of see yourself because representation matters. Representation um. matters. <laughs> representation yeah, it matters. Cool. It was great to see that. But then there's the a little bit of the inverse. And I might be playing like devil's advocate here. But I was really hoping to like throughout the whole series, there wasn't a whole lot of interaction with Hermione and other girls. Yeah. Hermione didn't have any like girlfriends. Yeah. And like in the the books are better. The books are always books better. But there's better. but even then it was still not quite there. Right. You know, like I really wanted like her and Jenny or her and Luna to be really good friends. Right. And that never really happened. No. You know, she was still part of the golden trio with the other two. So mm-hmm. I agree. I did want a little bit more sisterhood. <laughs> a little bit more sisterhood. Mm-hmm. But I mean we, we definitely got like people who girls who are friends with other girls, mm-hmm. like with uh the Patel twins and mm-hmm. with uh, everyone on the Gryffindor Quidditch team with like Angelina and yeah. um, I Katie, Katie Katie Bell yeah mm-hmm. good good job look at her names go Courtney <laughs> whipping out background not even background characters secondary secondary maybe characters. even tertiary characters. tertiary they they were they were there I mean they were there and they had names and they spoke but like <laughs> yeah I mean they became more important in in the like mm-hmm. epiloguing where yeah. it's like who married who. Yeah. Because yeah. everyone wound up with, like, their high school sweetheart. See, now I want every book to do that. It's, like, set a standard because I'm yeah. like, I need to know everyone who got married, everyone who's doing the kid thing, who, right. was, who came out, like, things <laughs> like that. Like, I need to know it all. <laughs> I need to know that all is well. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to cry. I just physically hurt no. Riley with that. I love it. So sorry. Uh. But, um, so... In the epilogue, we find out a lot of things. Mm. A lot of things. Things that I like and things that I don't like. Things that we like and things that we don't like. My... And, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to... Just just kind of a fun little thing. Uh, I have a headcanon that every single person who is associated with Fred Weasley names a child Fred. So, like... There's a whole bunch like, of There's just, like, the, uh, by the time they get to Hogwarts, there's, like, 19 Freds. I love it. I love <laughs> 19 it. 19 Fred Weasleys or Fred with a similar last name, and I could just imagine Professor McGonagall just being like, why? No, no, <laughs> Why? No. There are 19 of them. They've oh, come dear. back in droves. And it would just be the greatest thing ever. Like, I just want everyone to have a Fred. I love it. That's beautiful. Right. But, anyway. Okay. So, in the epilogue... Mm-hmm. We we find out a lot of things. And can we talk about that? Harry is, like, the most stereotypical, like, dude that you know from high school. He marries his high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. He was on the Quidditch team. He was, like, the star on the Quidditch team. He becomes, like, a cop, basically. Essentially. And he's, like... But his wife is also, like, a, like, basically a professional athlete. Yeah. Which I loved. This is wonderful. Did and love that. I mean, just... Harry peaked in Hogwarts. <laughs> Harry's that guy that you know. Well, like, see, that's the really peaked in high school. That's the interesting thing is <laughs> How's this he new. Gonna get past that. <laughs> that's the interesting thing is this new play uh, coming out. It's going to actually be staged in June and July. Uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child that takes place after all of this events, after this epilogue, kind of covers that. Kind of covers Harry dealing with the fact that like 
I used to be famous. My past used to be a really big deal. Yeah. And like his son is having child to deal actors, man. Child For actors. <laughs> well, it's, it actually sounds really fascinating. And like his son is like, I have to deal with this burden of like, I'm the son of the boy who lived. Of the boy who lived. Who's right? no longer a boy. Who's like got a mortgage now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the grown adult who lived. Right. So like things like that. It sounds really interesting because it's kind of addressing that. Like, what do you do right. when you peak in high school? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's not going to be like as much. He he went on to be in Aurora. Which which is like a really prestigious thing and exciting and there's going to be like a ton of presumed adventures with that but uh-huh. it's like you defeated like the dark lord Voldemort and saved the wizarding you world as we know wi- it you killed wizard hitler you killed like, wizard where hitler where do you go after that <laughs> like, like who like do you go for the ones who were right below him like do you go after bellatrix that's like, never going to be like like, like where do crazy you go? Where great do you go? though <laughs> yeah you can almost imagine him like yeah he he's got to keep on like killing more powerful wizards just to try and like get that satisfaction again <laughs> Isn't that a thing the fbi does that would, like, that would they, be they, interesting like, they like hunt down like former nazis see, or something like, like that to see like the breakdown of harry potter <laughs> the breakdown there's like I've killed everyone. I need to kill more. This guy gave me an audit. Oh Oh my god! God. (laughs) He starts moving on to like muggles, like bad muggle figures, and it's like. So I heard. I I need Jenny. I I need to go after the Dursleys. How dark would that? Damn! But Trump is gonna be president. Yeah, it's like Jenny. I need to go to America. Why is that, honey? Is there, have you heard <laughs> of that guy Trump? Honey, where's my wizard robes? <laughs> Why Yo, do, do you, you need, need to know? <laughs> Just reenact the whole incredible scene. Replay with Harry Potter character. What do you need to know? I need that right now. If there's anyone listening out there who knows how to animate things, oh gosh, please make wonderful. this happen for me. This is like Harry's just really determined. He he needs to he needs to get rid of Trump. It's for the greater good. It's, I could support that for the bettering of all of us. He's talking about building walls and just he's chaos. he's gonna be an indie tomorrow. Mm. Fun fact. So mm. like. Where are you, Daniel Radcliffe? <laughs> Somebody, we need like a signal in the sky, like a lightning bolt. <laughs> Gosh, that's wonderful. Oh my God, that's funny. <sighs> anyway. Right. Harry, Harry peaked in high school. Um, we find out what becomes of him and the gang in the epilogue. And uh, so speaking of the cursed child, can we talk about what the real curse is? The real curse is that terrible, terrible name that he bequeathed his... <sighs> Youngest with you know who cared about Harry throughout all of the books and never was in it for personal gain. Rubius Hagrid. Okay, Rubius Hagrid. why is that kid's name not Rubius Buckbeak? Okay, Rubius those were the Buckbeak. two bravest characters in the entire book. <laughs> and and I'm I, really I upset. I think his first name should have been Buckbeak. <laughs> Buckbeak Hedwig. <laughs> Buckbeak Hedwig. You are he named to be, after my he childhood. He needed pets. to be named after Remus Lupin personally. Remus yeah. Lupin is such an important character to me, and it just it, that shatters or my heart. Or something with like Sirius. Right. Mm. I know. Well, he has three three kids because there's Lily he has Luna. Three. Lily Luna. Which is um, a stupid name. I'm sorry. It's a dumb name. But <laughs> oh, the the older boy. Well, he adopts Teddy Lupin. He adopts Lupin and Tonks's kid does Teddy. He, I don't. Does well, he he's the Godfather. Him? He's the Godfather. But he adopts them because they are they are dead. Like the day right. he's born. Right. Right. So, I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> he's he's uh, he's being raised with um, Nymphadora's mom, who yeah. at first was like. Mm-hmm. How dare like or like something? No, uh, was, there was there was Tonks uh, came from a crappy family too. Tonks so. came from the Malfoys because yeah. it yeah, was yeah, yeah. Andromeda. 
I think is her, her name mother? is Andromeda Malfoy mm-hmm. married a muggle named... Uh, Which was like a huge deal because like, like the uh, Malfoy's Theodore, It was uh, Theodore Tonks and then, um, which was a huge deal. She mm. was like disowned from Just like Sirius. All, yeah, just like Sirius Black, was. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, uh, and then, yeah. So, yeah. so she's the one that was raising yeah. uh, Teddy in the end. But, yeah. but yeah. It's, it remains that yeah. one of Harry's kids should have been named Remus. Yes, or some absolutely. variant thereof. Oh, James Sirius is James the other Sirius. One. Okay. He's the middle kid. That's why that's, we forgot him. Right, because <laughs> that's, that's the understandable name, too. Exactly. Really. It was actually a great name. I really that's, liked it. Yeah. I liked, I would have liked Lily Luna better. I just think it sounds like the sound of it is weird. Lily but. Luna, Lily Luna. I mean, yeah. I like it just again because of like Lily Luna. Yeah. And that like I mean, Luna was given like this great representation because like that broke my heart when they went to her house in the Deathly Hollows <laughs> and she has painting on the wall of like all the gang and it just says friends, friends, friends. It's like they knew immediately how much that meant to Luna, <laughs> which was fantastic. I feel it just kind of runs in what this 19 years later. I feel like everyone just kind of gave kids bag names like yep. Hugo for the Weasleys. That's a bad like, name, guys. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, it, Malfoy's kid is Scorpius. Scorpius Hyperion Malfoy. Like, that's dumb. Get over here now. Dumb. It's like not. Is it? You play nice with the Potter boy. One of the Weasleys have like a, her name's like Victoire or like something like that. Yeah, because of Fleur. Because Fleur. Yeah. Um, and then, there's. There was I don't Roxanne is was a good uh, name. I love was that a name. good name. I was almost named but, Roxanne. So the oh. moral of the story is, name your kids after everyone who was important to you in high school. <laughs> oh gosh, that's literally what they did. If though my like, brother is even, listening. Even the people who like I I now like don't even talk to anymore. Like right. Nisair. <laughs> you were named Nisair. for the bravest like... person I ever knew. They handed me like a cheat sheet during this math final in high school, and it saved my life. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> but, I don't know. I feel like you save the world together. Like quite literally, yeah. save the world together. It, there's there's definitely juxtaposition. And you know that like there. every other kid who graduated from Hogwarts in that class has a kid named Harry. Oh like, yeah. Every other one of them has one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which is, again, like okay, going with the cursed child. So mm-hmm. Albus Severus Potter with Ugh. his terrible, terrible name. Just He just needs to go by like Al. And if anyone is like, oh, what's that stand for? It's like, no. No. No, it stands for regret. I'd be We're like, Alphonse, talking. I'm a big full metal alchemist. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Alphonse would have been a way better name. I have a stuffed hedgehog named Alphonse. Aw, <laughs> lovely. But Albus Severus Potter, you mm. were named after the two bravest men I know, and one of them was a Slytherin, blah, blah, blah. That whole speech. Like, which, as, like, would have been fine. Like, the idea of, like, hey, Slytherins aren't all bad. Right. Which, like, Slytherins are, can be good people. As we will reveal you later, I am a Slytherin. Exactly. Which, uh, I feel and that... You reveal later. You just reveal it. I reveal now, <laughs> then. But... Um, uh, I do feel like, in general, mm-hmm. Slytherins get a bad rap, but it's like, it's a choice. It's in there, and right. it's not necessarily, like, just where all the bad guys are, like, right. recklessly deposited. I feel deposited. like that's when he should have, like, popped up and, like, compared the two. It'd be like, right. there are bad Gryffindors, too. Peter Pettigrew was a Gryffindor. Hey, yeah. There are good Hufflepuffs like Cedric, and then there are bad Hufflepuffs, I think. There someone. was, like, someone that was kind of a jerk at one point. I don't really remember. And then, like, everyone has their good days and their bad days, and no one should be, like, directly sorted. But uh, he's going to have a lot of bad days with a name like that. <laughs> I mean, poor thing. Poor thing. With Albus Severus. Like, how long did that take him to learn how to spell that? 
Like how many <laughs> S's are in Severus? Um, but it was so like he they has... were trying to find like he and Malfoy were still competing for like the edgiest child name, <laughs> edgiest Severus child. versus Scorpius. <laughs> like, like what are you doing, guys? Oh gosh. I, I do like the headcanon that they then became, I, like, friends and, like, right. bonded over their terrible names. And they gave each other, like, those names that you come up with when you're, like, 12. And it's like, I like, want to be known as Lightning. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, Marauder's nicknames. Like, what is yeah. it? Like, that would be really cute that would be if neat. they did something like that. At least uh, Rowling didn't, com- like, try to combine Albus and Severus. Like, <gasps> Alberus. Alberus. Like, Sebus, <laughs> like Sebus. that's what they did in Twilight. Like, oh, oh gosh, Renesme, Carly. Let's Cullen. talk about other bad yeah. decisions. <laughs> Just yeah. all of Twilight. Just all of it. All of those bad decisions. Yeah. But um, so J.K. Rowling, as much as she explained in the epilogue, like who married who, um, and like what where their children were named, and like yeah. where they were, they were all going off to Hogwarts for the first mm-hmm. time, and. that whole thing um as much as like she explained through that she has done more explaining since then via social media typically Mm -hmm. and there's there's some like kind of controversy with how much she retcons characters yeah and is like no they were actually this Mm -hmm. um and then people being like well i why can't you just let us have our headcanons Right? And, like, live with that. Why do you, like, unless you're going to write another book, like, an entire other book and not, like, a screenplay for a movie that's like coming out that looks fantastic. About all the marauders. I've only been asking for it for ten years, yeah. Rawling. Let's make it happen. But that still wouldn't apply to, like, some of the characters that, like, we like to think of, like, oh, I bet they went on to do this. Or, like, oh, I bet they were actually this while they were right. at high school, at high school, Hogwarts, high school, right. Hogwarts. Right. And like, I think that makes them so much more relatable. I think that should reflect to her. Like, look at how your readers connected to your book so well and resonated so well with certain characters that they have gone on and created other things. Right. I think they, what is it? It's like imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Like, yeah, that's how I feel about like fan fiction and like things like that and headcanons. Like, we are showing you like how much we love what you've done and we're taking it further. I think it's a compliment. Yeah, definitely. And I, I just feel like. I feel like if I were in her shoes, I would embrace it. I would be like, if that's what you think they did, awesome. I think that's a really cool idea. You know, like, why do you have to shoot down my dreams? Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's positive examples of her retconning, like, with the whole giant revelation that Dumbledore is gay. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. dang. Like, this is a character that pretty much everyone in the wizarding world, like, reveres Mm -hmm. and looks up to, as strange as his habits are. Um, He is obviously a very well-respected figure and yeah. for someone like that to be um canonically gay is huge wonderful representation it also does help his character in explaining like his backstory like why he like hung out with grindelwald and like <sighs> let him do like shady stuff right. and it's like because he was in love with them right and like we we've all had that moment where it's like oh they're not that bad right because they're cute but you can even like you could even make the argument that it kind of like reflects where we were at the time because all this timeline in harry potter takes place in the mid 90s mid 90s right yeah. because the battle of hogwarts happens in 96 98 a terrible Potterhead. I'm so sorry. Six, seven, or eight. It's it's near One the end there. One of those, right? Yeah. So right in there, and then you know we were just kind of getting 
started this whole idea of like an LGBT community being okay yeah. and things like that. So, I mean, you could even argue that he's reflecting still the time period of where we were, where some, you, it was not easy to come out. Right. Especially I mean, if you were in power. So maybe there's right. a reason that it was not as obvious yeah, because and I, he still had to kind of hide it, you know? And the wizarding world, too, is like a whole different deal. Like, he's been alive forever when Ever. and he's lived through where rather than witch burnings there were burning of people that were gay mm-hmm. and uh so obviously you wouldn't really like come out with that mm-hmm. with that example set forth but at the same time i like that it wasn't central to his character he was not a token at all yeah it wasn't that uh like oh look we have the gay character yeah. and this is who he is it's like no he's dumbledore yeah. first and foremost mm-hmm. and that's like down on the list yeah. that he's gay because he did so many things to so yeah. many people i agree with you absolutely but i do kind of wish it was a little bit more explicit right she didn't yeah. really come out and tell us like yes he's a gay character until people really started questioning and hounding her for it yeah you know? it's like why it would have been Dumbledore nice ever get married oh, had it just been like you know blah like you could even mention that in like a conversation like harry asks one character well was professor dumbledore married no, he and his partner so and so, Nicholas Flamel. I do think that happened. Oh, I should He ship and his it. partner, Nicholas <laughs> Flamel, have been living together for blah, 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 but, you know, the blah, blah, blah. Like, just mentioned in passing. Yeah. You know, and then I would have been like, all right, there we go. We know it's a gay character without it being obvious and annoying, and he can continue to have a story that has nothing to do with that. Yeah. You know, I did want a little bit more. Like, clarity like unless people like have like looked online or have been very specific like had conversations about Dumbledore but people who just enjoy the mm-hmm. like movies or books in passing just want to get that from that exactly and it is an important fact I feel like it's any kind of representation anywhere is mm-hmm. important very important mm-hmm. um, I should mention too I noticed um, when marriage equality passed in Ireland the actor who played Seamus tweeted, hey, Dean, we can get married now. That was real, Aww. okay? No one can convince me that I mean, Seamus and Dean Thomas were not in love, okay? They were so, so in love. love. <laughs> they were so in love. Like, honestly, though, I have seen some, like, scenes that were probably way overanalyzed and slowed down don't way care. too much. I don't But care. it looked like at one point during the third movie when they were standing in front of the fat lady and couldn't get in that Dean Thomas and Seamus Finnegan were holding hands. They were. No one could tell me otherwise. I just, I just like the it, idea of the conspiracy that, like, mm-hmm. the actors were like, you know what we're gonna do? What are we gonna do? We're gonna make our characters gay and make them together, and no one can stop they us. They were Finpo before we had Finpo. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. But ah, exactly. just it, it's one of those things again that feels like it could be real, and like whatever just, yeah. J.K. Rowling comes out with and is like mm-hmm. Seamus married Parvati or whatever. No, nah, no, nah, it's gonna be in my head no. that. He, he and Dean have a uh, idyllic cottage in yes. Ireland, oh. and they and they invite, raise little Quidditch players. Oh my gosh, yeah, yes. they they go to every uh, Jenny's every game. Yes, and eventually with a gaggle of children just oh cheering gosh. on Auntie Jenny. Oh. <sighs> <laughs> no, we're both really excited about this. Pretty judging um, us a little bit. <laughs> I was also a really big fan. Uh, I'm going to keep going back to this because I'm actually really excited for it. Uh, this idea of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, this new yeah, play that's going to come out. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely um, need to We about had the actress who's playing Hermione in the show is black. Right. And that was awesome. And JK was super supportive about it. It was like, yes, absolutely. Because if you read the books, all it mentions for Hermione's description is she has poofy, frizzy hair and buck teeth. Yep. It mentions nothing about her skin color. And from the moment I read the books, I've always imagined her as black. 
And the fact that they're putting it out on stage makes me incredibly excited. And I just, I love that. So right. again, this was something that like, it was up to fan interpretation, which I do like, but I, w- I do kind of wish she had made it clearer representation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mm. once the movies came out, people were like, this is what they look like because yeah. JK was so supportive of the movies yeah. and was very much like, these mm. these are my golden trio, these kids that yeah. I have gotten to know, mm-hmm. and which is wonderful. But because she let that still be open to fan interpretation is wonderful. She even mentioned in an interview once that um, a little girl asked her, like what Neville looked like and she was like what do you think that Neville looks like and Mm. it's like I think that he's a little black boy like me and has dreads and like for representation for kids to find that and for there not to be the very specific like this character has to be this yeah I think that it's very important to have characters that are Mm -hmm. open to interpretation if there's not already representation there yeah I mentioned uh, to you guys before we did this uh, I watched this interview with Mark Hamill plays Luke Skywalker in the Star Wars movies. One of my favorite people ever. He's also an incredibly talented voice actor. If you haven't heard any of his things, please, please check him out. He's fantastic. Um, But someone was asking him about, I guess there's been a lot of talk on like Twitter and social media about the implications or idea of Luke being gay, right? Mm -hmm. So he gets up there and he dresses these. He goes, well, here's the deal. I played Luke the way I played Luke, but if you interpret Luke as gay, then he's gay. If you interpret Luke as trans, he's trans. If you interpret him as this, this, or that, then that's what he is. And he's like, and he was just so supportive of that idea of fans being able to say, this is how I think this character is, and being totally fine with it. He was like, yeah. it's it's what you believe. This was your character, you know? It's not mine to say what he is and is not. And I just loved how supportive he was of the entire idea. You go, yeah. Mark Hamill. You're the best. Mark Hamill is just He's a, a wonderful delight. person. A delight. He's like a meme in himself. <laughs> and, and I he love loves it. it. He loves that he's that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, okay, another example of uh, JK retconning and whether or not that's a good mm-hmm. or a bad thing. <sighs> Can I guess what you're going to say? Guess what I'm going to say. Okay, because my least favorite one was when she was like, um, like, Har- Harry should have ended up with Hermione in that. You, you got it, I got girl. it. You got it. In the movies, it would make more sense for Harry to end up with Hermione. But if oh, you yeah. read yeah. the books, if you read the books, book Ron is everything. Yeah. <laughs> book actually, Ron is wonderful. Like, in the movies, they kind of, like, hinted at mm. Harry and Hermione until, mm. I think it was the fourth movie. And there was, like, one scene where they were, like, spooked by something. It's been a long time since I've seen it. And, like, Hermione grabbed onto Ron's arm. Mm -hmm. And, like, that was, like, the first hint that was, like, oh, now Mm. they are... Well, then it was after that movie, and the fifth one was when they start bringing Ginny into the mix. Yeah. And that's when things change. Yeah. Because all that, Harry is still hooked on Cho Chang at the same time. So, (laughs) like... (laughs) Right. Which, again, was something that wasn't super clear or well handled Mm -hmm. in the movies. I don't think the movies really handled romance well at all. Like, I have a very low opinion of how... The movies yeah. were just like, you know what teenagers are? They're stilted and awkward. So let's make every single scene wherein two people of the opposite sex are interacting make it stilted and awkward. Which is it's not like, don't inc- don't give us that kind of reality. <laughs> it's not it's not completely wrong, but like we're we're more than just stilted and awkward. We are. Yeah. When you're a teenager, absolutely, but we're a little more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The movies they ruined they ruined not yeah, they ruined my favorite character, so I'm still a little bitter. Yeah. Um 
Ginny Weasley is everything to me. She is my fav- one of my favorite book characters in the history of every book I've ever read. Oh my gosh. Like yes, she, girl. I mean, right underneath her is Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. Like wow. those are my characters that are a really big deal. And so in the books, she is fierce and she's bold and stubborn and confident in who she is and is okay with dating around with different people and isn't shamed ashamed of that and she has a personality and she's described as better than fire whiskey and I'm getting that tattooed somewhere like that's oh, awesome and I loved her and, and in the whiskey. movies she has the personality of a wet paper towel and that is incredibly <laughs> frustrating to me because she was so good in the books and then they the movies just do not give her credit and her romance with Harry makes no sense and it frustrates me and I'm still mad about it. Yeah, it's it's just uh, very well encapsulated in this uh, comic that I read once, wherein it's like uh, book Harry and Ginny, and it's like oh, they're like you know elbowing each other after Quidditch practice, and they're like oh, I almost got you there, right. and it's like in your dreams, Potter, and right. they're like got this great camaraderie, and then she it's like she understands what it's like to be tortured by Voldemort. Right, she was that's under, another thing. She's under the spell of the diary. She un- she is the only person besides probably Voldemort himself who understands what that's like. Right, they she. Have- got him on a level that like no one else could understand right Right. and it just was so important and they were friends first and foremost they're friends which you do not get from the movie which the other panel Mm -hmm. of the comic was uh them just standing and staring at each other awkwardly in the room of requirement and like should should should, i guess we should kiss i guess it's the thing we do now this is we, we kiss now question right. mark and like just the fact that, that there was a question mark there right before <laughs> that she had like she like dated dean thomas and she had dated did she date seamus i can't remember she didn't date seamus no, she dated someone else though and like and like ron had a problem with it but like everyone else was like dude she's allowed to do what she wants and yeah i was like hey that was really important to me as a teenager growing up like, right that was a big deal to me right there was a whole line that it was mm-hmm. like uh ron just ranting about like jenny dating dean thomas and it's like well i don't want my sister thinking that or i don't want people thinking that my sister is a and like jenny cut him off and is like thinking i'm a what right and of course he never finished mm-hmm. that thought because mm-hmm. he swallowed that down and i think he sat and had some had some time alone to think about mm-hmm. his thoughts about mm-hmm. people that date Do not several mess. people with my Jenny Weasley. Yeah. Do not touch her. Yeah. She Jenny can do anything will. if you have enough nerve. Yeah. She's my, she's everything to me. Jenny <laughs> Very Weasley. passionate about Jenny Weasley. Jenny Weasley, <laughs> who was so poorly portrayed in the movies. So I mean, I love sad. that actress, Bonnie, Bonnie Wright. Yes, and Bonnie she's Wright. She's lovely. Uh, but Gorgeous, I mean, it's not her fault that yeah. they were like, okay, we need to, we need to put this in here. How do we, how do mm. we do it? Which I mean, Courtney, you and I are TCOM majors, and we know the struggle of like trying to get a lot of things on paper into film. Oh yeah, it's it's a. Struggle. It always looks better in your head. It always looks better in your head, and I'm sure that people didn't have that intention when uh, writing scenes with Jenny to have her be. The wet paper towel girl. That's horrible. I know. That's horrible. Wet paper towel girl. And I'm happy you guys are here to under, like help me understand the TCOM side of it. I just, I don't know. I, I do the acting side of it. So yeah. like, I just can't imagine looking at that script and playing her anything else than what I know her to be. But they'd worked, they did with, they worked with what they had. They worked with I just, what they had. I just wish they gave my favorite character more than what she got. Right. Just wish they got her more. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> they 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 did what they could. Which, how, but that's they, how it always is with book to movie. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, we're never going to be happy with. If book you're to movie. if your favorite character is a secondary character, say goodbye. Say <laughs> goodbye. Say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> the sad goodbye. 
<laughs> but uh, people have talked about before too. What if um, the next time, because it eventually will happen, that Harry Potter is rebooted? Oh, absolutely. What if instead uh. it was a like a series on TV, like TV specials versus a I'd movie it. series? See, I think I'd like that because we'd be able to get more of those little details yeah. that we miss. Like we could have Peeves the Poltergeist, right? Peeves. Anyone who's just seen the movies, do you know he even exists? He's well, a great character. Great All character. Right. He's wonderful. <laughs> Great like, we could get characters like that. We could get more, just m- more detail and more development of characters and relationships that I don't think you can do in a movie. You just don't right. have the time for it, you know? Right. I mean, as even, like, they had to expand it into, they didn't have to, but they could, and damn, they did expand mm-hmm. it into, like, all the theme parks. Uh, and you can see the details I that, that like, we year. saw on, like, maybe a pan across a room Spring break once. last year. Oh, My Courtney, parents literally just so went jealous. on their spring break without me. It oh, was, I was fantastic. Really sad. Like, if you're a kid and you go to Harry Potter World, it's got to be the coolest thing. Because there's, like, <sighs> if you buy one of the magic wands, first of all, kids, thank your parents because those things are not cheap. (laughs) Uh, But if you get one of those, there are certain spots that you can stand on and you can like chant a little spell and like something will move or like water will fall or like, I just imagine that's, and like if you take your wand on a ride, it like, does something too like Ooh, i so so cool hopefully it doesn't poke your eye out <laughs> yeah <laughs> it will do something it'll put you in the hospital i think that would be my dream do. job to work at harry potter world and just oh, like indeed. be somewhat like a shopkeep in diagon alley like that would be it's the greatest so great. thing Dude, ever yes <laughs> so jealous i i went when it like the first year it was up so it didn't have any of the expansions on it i mean it was fantastic experience in the first place but like i need to go to the last time i was there i was there the week before it opened and then my parents went without me and i'm still upset about it they brought me back a sweatshirt though of my house i am a gryffindor they brought me back a gryffindor sweater and i wear it at least three times a week oh yeah (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) like houses represent so mm-hmm. I think we've come to this part of the podcast in which we can discuss houses. Uh, of course. Woo-hoo. So uh, I already, I'll go first since I already revealed earlier in the podcast that I am placed in Slytherin. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a little controversial because mm-hmm. I, that was not my Pottermore result, but this is something that I've identified with for a long time just mm-hmm. because I feel like, to me, what Slytherin is is not just the dumping ground for all the baddies. It's like represented by like ambition and doing what you need to do to get to where you need to be and mm-hmm. that's not necessarily like purely through dirty tricks like that could be through hard work yeah and like trying to make connections with people and networking yeah. and just kind of for me it's always been like about like pursuing what I want and keeping my eye on that versus like with Ravenclaw, which was what I originally had identified with, which is like the pursuit of education and knowledge, which mm. like that's part of my path, but that's not ultimately where I want to be. Yeah, I agree. But I can see that. Uh, I Pottermore placed me in Gryffindor, which like I just feel like I'm too nah. much of a like introvert and like not I get social that. enough to purely represent that, which yeah, I, I mean that. we get Neville, but yeah, uh, I I just feel I feel Slytherin feel a very, lot. Very, I feel a very a snake people. I'm a snake <laughs> a snake person. I, um, excuse yeah. me, it's a snurson oh, snake person. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're a snurson, I am a lurson, a lion person. Um, <laughs> 
for those of you, I I knew I'm new to this podcast, but I feel like you guys have caught on pretty quickly how Gryffindor I really am. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm very, I have a very very strong, very keen sense of justice. Um, I'm very stubborn. I'm very headstrong. I don't always think before I act. Um, and I look pretty good in red and gold. Um, yeah. That and like all those quizzes that are like, which like Harry Potter like family do you belong to? I'm always a Weasley. I have red hair. It's it's part of who I am. I am a Weasley. I probably am like the reincarnation of Ginny. It's whatever. There we go. Um, it's whatever. But um, <laughs> recently there's been this trend with like BuzzFeed doing like mixed houses and like blending of houses, which I really, really love. Right. Because I am a Gryffindor, but I um, also have a ton of very big Hufflepuff qualities. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very loyal. I'm very caring and empathetic to other people as well. So I recently started describing myself as a Gryffindor. Because I am a Gryffindor with very, very helpful Part of your balanced breakfast. Ding, Griffin ding. Puffs. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's what I am. And uh, it's, I don't know, I remember growing up and, like, either everyone wanted to be Gryffindor or everyone thought it was, like, too mainstream to be Gryffindor for yeah, the longest time. Right. So, that's probably how I Yeah, I so I denied it up. forever and I was like, nah, I'm so extroverted and so much a people person. I'm very much a Gryffindor. Very, very much. I feel it. And now the big reveal. The big reveal. Courtney has... She wouldn't tell us. Because I I just... I never took the official, like, Pottermore quiz. um, So I did it in honor of this podcast. And the (laughs) result surprised me. I got Ravenclaw. Really? Do you feel like it's accurate? Um, I mean, I don't want to be... Because I really thought I would get Hufflepuff. I don't want to be like, oh, yes, I'm not a Hufflepuff. But I didn't really want to be a Hufflepuff. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean... Like that's cool. I'll be Ravenclaw. I'm okay. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> Do you feel that that represents you mm-hmm. well? Yeah, I mean, I got. I think I got close to Hufflepuff. I it was like a twenty percent difference, um, but like I I do really care about like my grades and my education yeah. mm-hmm. and like. I do tend to put that first before I literally do anything else. Like, hey, want to hang out? No, I got to write a paper. When's it due? Like in a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Courtney, you're the one of the most like honors college kids that I know. Like forget whitest kids you know. It's most honors college kid you know. And that's you. <laughs> Yay. So that's fantastic. You you represent it well. But I do I do see like where you originally thought that you were Hufflepuff. You are one I of just, the most I, like loyal and friendly people that I have also ever met. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't really like. I I thought I would be in Hufflepuff because I'm not really like specifically brave or specifically like smart, or at least I mean they told me I am, but um, like. I don't know. I feel like some reassurance that yeah. I'm, like I have a night. Like, I guess the Hufflepuff for me is like the jack of all trades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. House. Right so yeah, but right on. Ravenclaw's cool. Welcome to Ravenclaw. Maybe maybe you're a combo, like a Ravenpuff. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, a Huffleclaw. Huffleclaw yeah. I like Huffleclaw. I need to do one of those like combination quizzes really because cool. I know that I'm not like one hundred percent Slytherin. Slytherindor? I honestly don't think anyone is one hundred percent. Right. Anything. Should be Slytherindor. Slytherindor. <gasps> like how cool would that be? Isn't that a, like a real life not a real life, but like a mythical creature that's like a lion snake thing? Like oh, a chimera. Like, like chimeras like have the snake tail and yeah, then the yeah, lion yeah. body. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, you I could like rock it. with that. You that's could be a chimera. Yeah. You could be a chimera. I don't know what a badger and a lion would make something with stubby the legs. The most terrifying like a corgi thing. lion looking They're, thing. Oh my gosh, it would destroy the world though. Wait, <laughs> yeah. it's like a wolverine then, because that's what a corgi lion is. A corgi lion. 
is a wolverine i mean i'll gladly be a wolverine i'm behind that i 100 i feel like if english wasn't my first language that's how and i didn't know the word for wolverine i'd be like corgi lion corgi lion (laughs) Lion. i like that i can go with that okay so when we talk about secondary characters oftentimes within um harry potter they're kind of defined by their house like anyone who is in slytherin was instantly like yeah we 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 know what your main priority is and that's being a jerk Mm um but and uh but with ravenclaw it was kind of so so you could be kind of what whoever in Ravenclaw it's just we know that you probably get really good grades um because the only Ravenclaw we really knew knew was Luna right right it was Luna and she was not like but she was with the Gryffindors so often yeah she made a lion costume for Quidditch match like true you forget oftentimes that she was that girl was a Gryffindor to the end and it was great (laughs) oh yeah and then the other Ravenclaw we were familiar with was Cho Chang yeah and Cho and Cho. Mm-hmm. So Cho Chang is another girl who within the movies was probably not represented the best. I feel like even in the books. Even in the she, books. She's very much secondary, kind of a one-dimensional character. She was the empty love interest for Harry. That's mm-hmm. really all she was. Yeah. And that kind of breaks my heart because I feel like we could have fleshed her out more and given her better characterization. You know, I really wish that we would have given her more. Right. And there was a slam poetry written about Cho Chang that is, like, hugely powerful. I won't read it all because, oh, like, beautiful. dang, it's all of this. But it is very wonderful. And everyone should go check it out. Um, I found it on Genius.com. It's just 2JK Rowling from Cho Chang. Mm-hmm. And it starts out, 2JK Rowling from Cho Chang. When you put me in your books, millions of Asian girls across America rejoiced finally a potential halloween costume that wasn't a geisha or mulan Mm -hmm. what's not to love about me i'm everyone's favorite character i totally get to fight tons of death eaters and i have a great sense of humor and i'm full of complex emotions oh wait that's the version of harry potter where i'm not worthless first of all you put me in ravenclaw of course the only asian at hogwarts would be in the nerdy house too bad there wasn't a house that specialized in computers and math and karate huh Mm -hmm. I know you thought you were being tolerant between me, Dean, and the Indian twins. Hogwarts has like five brown people. Doesn't matter that we're all minor characters. Nah, you're not racist. Like just how like you're not homophobic because Dumbledore is totally gay. Of course, it's never said in the books, but man, hasn't society come far? Mm-hmm. Ah, Miss Rowling. Let's talk about my name, Cho Chang. Cho and Chang are both last names. They're both Korean last names. I'm supposed to be Chinese. Me being named Cho Chang is like a Frenchman being named Garcia Sanchez. So thank you. Thank you for giving me no heritage. Thank you for giving me a name as generic as a ninja costume as chopstick hair ornaments. But, and it goes on to talk about how, like, uh, Harry kind of, why did Harry like Cho Chang? Like, because she was pretty. Yeah, that's how that the was, hormones that and being pretty. hormones. Yeah, that's how the uh, the poem goes on to explain how basically Cho Chang was just like, oh, very exotic in this you know Scottish countryside setting, and of course mm. Harry would fixate on that, like not like being like Harry, you dog, but like that's kind of how she was written, and mm-hmm. so Cho Chang dated Cedric Diggory. Oh, rest in peace. Cedric Diggory died. 
Cho Chang was understandably upset. Mm-hmm. Harry eventually was like, okay, you know, I liked her before, but she was dating Cedric. Maybe now things are cool. No, things are not cool. Obviously, I would be upset for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to be more tolerant and understanding that she was upset for a long time about yeah. Cedric Diggory she dying looking, horribly. <laughs> she was looking for comfort. Yeah. She wasn't looking for romance. She was right. looking for a friend, and Harry couldn't be a friend. Right. Harry wanted to be a boyfriend. Like, and that, again, <sighs> I love my characters flawed. I love when they make mistakes oh, and yeah. do bad things, and I like when they have repercussions and consequences they have to deal with after making those mistakes. So this was one of those moments where I was, we kind of pull Harry out of that kind of perfect hero role. Right. He's where he not. made a mistake, and I think it's important to talk about it. Like, he screwed up. Right, like, and that's, he like, made a, a really thing bad move. that you can easily kind of screw up with. You know, there's, it's very complex uh, to try to understand how other people deal with grief mm-hmm. and how other people, like, move on from relationships and it's totally understandable for him to be like, oh, well, you know, maybe now we can get together and that'll be comforting toward her. Mm-hmm. Like, no, she was still very much fixated yeah. on Cedric, which is entirely understandable. But I yeah. feel like sometimes the way it was written in the book, it was like she was this hysterical girl who was like still obsessed with her dead boyfriend. When I'm just like, mm. like she's going to grieve she has to go through six stages of grief, according to psychology. <laughs> like, yeah, according to psychology. She has to go through those phases. You have to feel those emotions. You have to, you know, say goodbye. And having someone else making out with you in the room of requirement does not fix that. Does yeah. not make that process go any faster. Yeah. It's not what you require in the room of requirement. You require there's going to be, like, a nice, like, fainting couch and a man with several <laughs> degrees that pops up mm. that are like, do, are you ready to talk about this? We can talk about this. Also, he brings me a McDonald's <laughs> french fries. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I require mm. McDonald's. McDonald's appears inside of Hogwarts. I love it. That'll, that's that's why they don't take uh, American exchange students anymore. Because exactly. it smelled like french fries for I days. I do love the idea. I'm on the Tumblr and I follow this blog that's like muggle-born headcanons. So like what the muggle-born oh, children yeah. Those do are funny. while they're in Hogwarts. Like all the different things they bring up that the wizarding kids just don't get. And I love things like that. Right. So maybe that maybe that's what Cho Chang needed. She needed more Muggle-born friends to explain how this grieving process works. Yeah, and where they can find a good grief counselor to speak to. There like, we that's go. really what she needed. She didn't need there Harry kissing her. That's not what she needed. That's not what she needed. Um, also, so we've gone over it before the mysterious situation involving Lavender Brown. Now that we're on like failed relationships, mm-hmm. um, so Lavender Brown in the movies was originally. A very much a background character who was portrayed by a black girl and she had a couple lines like they were like picking mandrakes and she like was like oh he's fainted or something like that but she she was there and yeah. she was credited as lavender brown mm-hmm. but then once the sixth movie came around and she was a uh, uh, central character to the uh, ron's romance plot she was cast as a white girl and it's just like, mm, but she already had her. I mean. It's just like, why? And they could argue like, oh, well, like the actress, like the, t- the, the work schedule conflicted. And it's like, so you couldn't hire someone who looked like the actress you already had? Mm-hmm. Like they did that with Twilight when the villain 
Victoria, they hired. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize. I they didn't were notice that. Do you remember when the original Dumbledore actor passed away? I, oh yeah, that's oh, look it. At right. that. You got a character who looked, I don't know, like the first one. Right. It was a baffling concept. And that's probably not even it though. Like they, they probably just wanted a white girl. Right. Role. I mean, I feel like this is like one of the things that is like, oh, she's so minor a character. No one will notice. We noticed. Yes. Literally I mean, you got to consider like what kind of fandom surrounds Harry Potter. We notice all the things. We literally notice everything. Hufflepuffs are particularly good finders of <laughs> terrible replacement actresses. Like not that the actress herself mm. was terrible, but it's like, why? I'm sorry, but why? Yeah. Yeah. For real. But, and, and I mean, Lavender in the books was written pretty crazy just along the lines of how she was portrayed in the movie, too. I mean, I, I, I can't say that uh, it's a bad representation, but, like, dang, Lavender was crazy. <laughs> and, like, ooh. I, I, don't, mean, I don't know. I mean, we could we could have had an interracial couple again we could have had an, after yeah. Cedric died. Like that would have been kind of cool. We could have had it all. <laughs> we could have had so much for real. We, we, for real. we could have had some cool things going on. Um, I think one of the things we shouldn't have had was this sudden hero worship of Severus Snape. <sighs> yeah, I I feel that sigh like to my core. Like I mean. I read this post about it today, and it's it's got me upset since I read it. Yeah. Lupin is recovering in the third book from an episode after a full moon has passed. Yep. Therefore, he asks Snape to take over his class teaching Defense Against the Dark Arts. Which is, like, very big of him, too, because they know they because are very... Snape has been after that job forever, and they have not been friends. Yeah. So Snape comes in, makes the children read about werewolves, and write essays about how to kill werewolves that Professor Lupin is going to have to come back and read. That is the crappiest thing anyone could ever do to someone. Yeah. Which is a big moment for me for Hermione, who, you know, wants to, you know, speak up and tell everyone everything about to do, but she knows about Lupin and she's able to keep her mouth shut and refuses to write the essay. Which is like a huge Hermione thing. Like I can imagine her just being like in her bed at midnight, like I should have done it. I should have I I this is the first essay I've ever skipped. Right, because Hermione very well could have been in Ravenclaw in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. In yeah. fact, I probably think she should have been. But then it was this moment in that book where she does she chooses not to write the essay because she understands how crappy it is and that it's important to take care of Lupin. That that was like, and that's why she's a Gryffindor. Right. That moment right there. It's the moment was that defining and like that. Okay, so that was where like my first problem with Snape comes in. Second of all, you bully Neville Longbottom to the point that his bogart is you. It is not the Death Eaters who tortured his parents to the point that they do not recognize recognize him it is a teacher like does like, no one else see that that's a huge right. problem teachers are supposed to be there to like nurture you mm-hmm. and be like there for you and it, severus snape was very much not there for anyone it could be argued even though he was like the head of slytherin i doubt that anyone was like oh you know i've been having this issue lately professor snape could you like could I talk to you about it? He'd be like, no, <laughs> I will not talk That's to absurd. you. That's absurd. <laughs> Why are you bothering me? Write mm. a 10 page essay about it. For real. <laughs> That's Ugh. why you shouldn't bother me. Gross. Beautiful. Right. But, um, so on, all of that is crap and awful. And then. And then we have the big revelation in which people have gotten like tattoos over, like beautiful, beautiful tattoos. And I will admit, when I first read the whole 
always and why Snape really like had this fixation with Harry and his past with Lily. I was very much moved. I was like, wow, he stayed like loyal to her to a fault to a big fault all the way mm-hmm. through his life and like even though he hated James he protected his James's son all for the sake of Lily like say on the surface that's like a very beautiful gesture that's very mm. beautiful but then in practice you go deeper into why all of that was a problem so yeah. when you flash back and Lily stands up and tells James to stop being a bully right. and tries to stand up for Severus. The two men respond in different ways that define really who they are. James stops. Yeah. Immediately. Stops bullying, apologizes for his behavior, and tries to be a better man. Yeah. Severus joins the group of people who are trying to destroy muggle-born people, who are quite literally <laughs> Just... a hate group against huh. Lily, huh, Lily huh, huh. against who she is. Yeah. Right? Like, it, I'm, th- that just... Mm. That define that really defines. And James was willing to die for Lily, die to make sure that Lily and their child lived. Right. Severus Snape was willing to let James die for Lily yeah. in order to make sure but their child and someone she else were alive. Did. And he bursts into their home and goes over James' body, ignores their sobbing child who was just attacked by Lord Voldemort to weep over her mangled dead body. Like it's none just, of this is okay. Yeah. None of this screams boyfriend material. Yes, <laughs> it's not. It's not boyfriend material. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, just that whole scene as like in the books, it was like kind of like romanticized. But when you think about it literally, about just some dude like ignoring this crying baby who like shouldn't be alive in the first place, and just holding on to the girl from high school that you had a crush on. Like, yeah. dude, if. Any of the numerous boys from high school who had a crush on me did that? Mm-hmm. That would not be okay. That's super creepy. Like, God forbid I someone ends up, like, murdering me at a young age. But, like, if freaking, like, any of them who I have not talked to or seen in years came over and was just like, Oh, Courtney. No. <laughs> no, 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 and I mean the whole scene with like you have your mother's eyes and all that. Well, like, they screwed that up in the movie too. Uh, but yeah, screwed that up in the movie because uh, green eyes? Question mark. What color? Right. But um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. Whereas you know everyone else, like Sirius, you know says like yeah you look like your dad, but I understand you're your own, your your own person, and he only ever refers to Harry. As James, right before right. the scene, and we're not going to talk about the scene. We're not going to talk about the scene. Because <laughs> I'll be sad again. But, <laughs> I mean, I think that it just could have, Snape could have been, I mean, it was it was kind of for, the, like, not for the sake of the plot twist, but had this been put into, like, really practical practice, Snape should have been, like, from that point on, from after Lily died, like, trying to redeem himself, trying to be, like, be a better person and be, like, I will look out for Harry however I can. Mm-hmm. And although that would not allow him to, like, keep in with, like, Voldemort's inner circle and thus be able to keep an eye on that, like, he could have been, like, not as much of a dick as he was. Right? Like, There's a difference between being, like, broody and mysterious and being straight up abusive right and a bully 
that's what he was. And yeah. you can romanticize him all him all you want, but at the end of the day, he was a crappy dude bro who had really bad friend zone problems. Like it was, was friend zone problems. Literally, that's what it was. It was literally gosh. that's what it was. The that more, was why he was so mad. If you just call Hogwarts high school, everything becomes so petty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. I love Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. I love the idea of like still waiting for my letter, but like wizards it's high school. problems too. <laughs> we're just like you, except we're wizards. Except <laughs> we're wizards. That's beautiful. We should just like fade out with that song. But, but actually, but actually, um, another thing I wanted to mention um, outside of the wizarding world. So. J.K. Rowling is a wonderful person. Mm-hmm. As much as like we have complained during this podcast about her retconning the certain things and being very picky. I mean, at um, the end of the day, she literally wrote my childhood. She, yeah, like that, <laughs> she literally did. When I mean, when she wrote it too, the the very the time in her life was not a very bright one. Yeah. She was no. hanging out in cafes and writing all this by hand because she couldn't really go anywhere else and she was on welfare and she had a baby that was and right after her divorce too, it was I right believe. after her divorce and it was just not a very fun time in her life that she did this but she literally like started at the bottom and now she's here and she mm-hmm. did that all on her own but it should be noted that um when she was approached to publish in uh, they were like, okay, so on the book, you should go by uh, a pseudonym because boys aren't going to read a book by Joanne Rowling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because boys don't read books written by girls. Who cares? Who cares? Okay, when I when someone recommends a book to me, I'm not like, oh, who wrote it? I'm like, all right, I'll read it. And then later I get interested in the author and be like, well, let's see what other things they've done. Right? At least yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, I even just... me now, like I'm just kind of like I don't really like. Do you care. think when I like picked up an I Spy, I was like, oh, this is written by a man, and I'm not gonna read anything right. written by a man. I, it's it's just like we we've been talking a lot about um, during this semester that there's that weird paradox where it's like girls can read things that men have made, but boys can't read things that girls have made because apparently girls just can't understand. The male struggle yeah, I know, versus like, men actually understanding the female struggle, question mark, question mark, question mark. And it baffles me because, like, it's a male protagonist. Right. So, like, that would automatically relate to a lot of young boys. And it's just like, it's like, oh, it's a male protagonist and he's got a male best friend and everything, but written by a woman. So, nope. Yep. Nope. Five-year-old boy. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. nope. Right? Like, mm. Yeah, Courtney, you and I write. You and I have full intentions to publish ourselves one day. Oh, yeah, sure. And uh, when I had my, like, first aspirations, I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if I did a pen name because those are fun. And at the time, I was, like, 14 because that's, like, how long I've been wanting to write a book. (laughs) But, um, and then I was like, you know what? I should probably have a pen name that's either gender neutral or male because then I will appeal to everyone. Okay, well, you already have. That's true. Just my no name. No one's as gonna it know is. what you are. <laughs> I'm, I'm I a mean, Miss Courtney can be a male name too. I knew a guy in high school named Courtney. I knew a guy named Courtney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but I, I I now am fully like owning my name and Do but it. I think it it's it just makes me sad that there was any time that anyone ever had to think like oh no one's gonna read this because I'm a girl yeah I remember uh growing up i wanted to be an actress forever yeah. part of me still kind of does but i'm gonna go do something else with my life at this whole grad school thing in a couple oh yeah months. the grad school thing no big deal couple months nbd whatever, whatever. No <laughs> um, but i just remember i just remember this because this movie just came back on netflix a uh, little rascals is on netflix right now and i remember the whole theme of the kids was being really excited because if you won this like go-kart race then the person who gave you your trophy was like ct hammersmith or something and they were it was like this famous race car driver they were all super excited the kids were like six they had no idea who it was yeah so they go and they win the award and ct hammersmith ends up being a female race car driver and they were all like oh that's awesome right and i just remember saying they're like you never knew that that was her name right and i just remember like wanting to be an actress and be like that's what i'm gonna do like no one knows that riley because riley is uh, like yeah. multi-gender name you know and there are a lot of dudes named Riley in the world actually more than girls yeah. at least I've met um, so I'm like so no one will know like and then it'll be a nice surprise like Waha. I just remember like that was really like a big deal to me yeah. just kind of be like hey look like they didn't know she was a dude surprise they thought she was a dude and then she wasn't they were still excited about it you know right I like it mm-hmm. I like it a lot Um, I was trying to think of an example of like well cause if you think about it some of the, the most best-selling books of all time were written written by women like Harry Potter and then I thought I, I mean I hate this example but Fifty Shades of Grey even mm. beat Harry Potter yeah, in terms of like paperback sales like it, yeah. and I'm and I'm thinking well like that was written by women or a, a woman sorry but uh she went by E.L. James right and I'm I that just like dawned on me right now and I was like yeah she didn't use her real name either I mean, if you think about it, probably usually when you see um, initials, it's it's because it's it's a woman and they're trying to appear not. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's the, like, even with, I mean, I read a lot of YA, so, like, I mean, that wasn't the case with Twilight. Yeah. Or uh, um, one half of the Marked series. It was, it was a mother and daughter, and right. it was by PC and Kristen? castle yeah. i mean one used initial one didn't mm-hmm. uh and uh d- 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 the uh the the one with the dresses <laughs> the one i, I read it last read year one. i read it last That's year newer for what's me. it called with uh the princess she's she's it's like the bachelorette or the bachelor but for princesses <laughs> I, I can't i'm sorry that one uh, d- d- uh she didn't i think that's another cast she didn't use Chrissy, I think. Mm, yeah, she she used her full name. I so. do. I do think we've moved beyond that, but definitely when Harry Potter first came out, mm-hmm. because if you think Harry Potter's getting old, that's crazy to God. think about. It's still super popular. Though. It's still super popular. I, mean, I hope it ends up being one of those things that like never ends. Like never ends. Like it'll like, be like Shakespeare. Right. Yeah. Like we're always gonna talk ending. about it. We're always gonna it's be excited timeless. about it. Kind of like Star Wars is getting. Like Star right. Wars is into like its third rendition of things, which is awesome. Um, and I'm all about that. So I hope it just like never ends. It's just this thing that I mean, they we got the theme have. parks built. Like they can't end it at mm-hmm. any time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's constantly going to be the chance to rake in that money. But um, to wrap up, I wanted to end with a quote, which you said, Riley, that you have on your wall. That's I by uh, J.K. Rowling herself. Um, so this is uh, she recounted 
she being J.K. Rowling, recounted a conversation with a young actor on the set of the latest Potter film who was talking about a girl who was called fat by classmates, although she was anything but. The author added, Is fat really the worst thing a human being can be? Is fat worse than vindictive, jealous, shallow, vain, boring, or cruel? Not to me. But then again, you might retort, what do I know about the pressure to be skinny? Mm-hmm. The first half of that is saying no. The first half wall. of that, It is yeah. the most uh, yeah. important thing that I have ever heard in my life as a fat girl. Like, that was a super powerful thing for me to read, um, to hear one of my favorite authors say that. And I was just like, yes. And it was just great. It just warmed my heart. I mean, J.K. Rowling has said so many powerful things, but I was just so glad to, like, have... Like, there's so many quotes. There's so many quotes. Mm-hmm. But uh, I wanted to use this particular quote because uh, n- our last episode of the season coming out next week uh, will be our last episode so that, uh, thanks to this lounge here, it was lost because <laughs> of the lounge. And now we will be able to end the semester on talking about body positivity mm-hmm. on your way into the summer. Oh, yeah. And I, it's it's gonna be a magical ride, Riley. It's been a magical oh, ride stop, having guys, you on cry. the coven. Um, I'm so glad yeah, you joined us. I, uh, I'm graduating this year. I I graduate in a couple weeks, actually. How and crazy is that? I'm going off to grad school in Kansas. So um, this is my last podcast. Um, it has been a delight being with you guys if I was only here for a semester but it just was really an incredible incredible experience and I am so so honored to have been able to work with you guys and uh shout out to my girl Emma who became the light of my life very quickly this semester (laughs) and I just adore her so much um and to Courtney and to Daly for (laughs) just like letting me be part of this thank you so so much so grateful to have you you say (laughs) so many great things Mm -hmm. and you have lent a really enchanting voice to the coven (laughs) I concur oh we concur You will, you will always be welcome oh, back here. So much. The coven will always be your home. <laughs> no, I'm going to cry because all I was not well right now. <laughs> so if you're a witch, technically, because you're in the coven. I am. And you're going to Kansas, is everything going to be in black and white? Ooh. Snap. That'll be interesting. I hope not. This red hair kind of needs to shine. So <laughs> I do plan on taking my seat as the new witch of the of the weast. As the witch of the east. Um, that really is possibly the witch of the south if that position is open. Um, but I should be getting my ruby slippers in the mail in a couple weeks. So okay, good. Just making sure. Just making um, sure. And I'll let you guys know how that council is running, if we have any open positions. Yeah. Um, I know we do need a new head cardinal witch, so. Yeah, yeah. send an owl or two, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. This is wonderful. Absolutely. But uh, it has been just utterly spellbinding. Oh. A really cry. enchanting time here <laughs> at the Coven, which is at bitebsu.com, which you probably are already on if you haven't already, but be sure to check out all our other magical podcasts here at bitebsu.com. Uh, this has been our very special Harry Potter episode. Uh, I have been your host, the Witch of the Wavelengths, <laughs> Daily Wilhelm. Join me today is the Ravenpuff. Courtney Tuckman, the Hairball Slayer. There we go. <laughs> and for her final podcast, this is Riley Gray, the Griffin Puff. 
signing off. Um, and always remember, you can do anything you set your mind to if you have enough nerve. Just emulate Hermione, <laughs> emulate Jenny Weasley. We've got this, guys. We go. But thank you, everyone. Thank you all for thank listening. You. Bye.